Welcome to the Give Back Economy, a podcast about social innovation and social enterprise. Now with your host, Peter Miller. Welcome and today we have two young but very bright and uh, intelligent and good looking ladies from Cambridge, Ontario. And their organization is Letters Against Isolation. So let's get started, ladies. And Saffron, where where do you go to school? So we're actually from Cambridge, Massachusetts in the United States. So I go to school nearby um, at a school in Cambridge. Okay. But Shreya, you don't go to school same state do you no i go to school in st louis at washington university and what program are you in i'm studying uh, business and computer science there excellent well just so you know my background is i was a banker for 27 years wow and then uh, i got into teaching at two colleges in toronto Mm-hmm. and a college in New Jersey where I taught MBA students online. So but let's get back to you. How did you come up with the name for your organization? Well, it's a funny story. Um, we kind of did it on the fly. Everything at the beginning of our organization was just kind of us trying things out. Um, we expected it to just be the two of us writing letters from our kitchen counter and we sent out some emails and they must have sounded a lot more official than we meant because uh, within a week uh, people were asking for, for 200 letters. Maybe we should give you some more context uh, for, your, for your listeners at home. Uh, Saffron and I run Letters Against Isolation. It's a volunteer organization operating in six countries writing letters to isolated senior citizens. So how did you get into six countries? Well, that's a great question. Yeah, so we began in the United States because that's where we're based, but we actually had this idea of starting this organization from observing our grandparents who live in the UK. And so we were seeing how they were suffering from isolation due to the lockdown that we were all experiencing. And so when the opportunity arose to spread outside of the United States. We were like, first of all, we want to send letters and cards to the seniors in the UK because that's where our grandparents are based. And we actually write to one of the places where our grandmother lives. And then after that, we we noticed that we have such an international presence mm-hmm. of volunteers. So we just kept expanding to other countries. You didn't quite answer that. How did you get to Israel? Well, that's a great question. Um, one of our volunteers uh, has family over there, and she said, please, could you write to them in Israel? And we said, of course. Let's see what we can do. And, and that's how we got to Israel. So do you, do you ask people to write in more than one language? Yes, we do. Yes. Uh, we have volunteers who write in all sorts of languages, from Creole to Greek to French to, to Spanish. We want to make sure that everyone feels included and that our letters really do make an impact. So they write in both Canadian and U.S.? <laughs> yes. Okay. So 
three years from today, are you still going to be running this organization or are you going to turn it over to somebody else? Absolutely. Um, I hope we're running this organization yeah. in three years. I love the, the work we're able to do. Mm -hmm. And so the thing that we've really noticed is that senior loneliness is not a problem that just arose during COVID. It's something that's been existing, unfortunately, for a long time and will continue to exist after COVID. And so the letters are still so meaningful to the mm -hmm. seniors. And we're actually in the, pro uh, in the process of becoming a nonprofit. And so Letters Against Isolation will be here for many years to come. Mm -hmm. So Saffron, are you going to go to MIT? <laughs> well, I am in the process of applying to colleges, so um, I'll have to find out where we end up next year. Well, my cousin teaches at MIT, so really? I'll put in a good word. <laughs> well, maybe Harvard would be easier. <laughs> oh. Both, both a little expensive. <laughs> but you're uh, both very rich, so that's what counts. So tell me about your volunteers. How did you recruit or get volunteers for what you're doing? Absolutely. So we started our organization in April 2020. And it was around that time where everyone was at home, on the sofa, watching the news, and just wanting to find some way to help. And we, we were that way. We were easy. We were fairly cheap. And so we advertised everywhere. We made posts on volunteer forums. We uh, posted on Nextdoor, uh, a community app. And eventually people started to pay attention and we started to get press coverage. Mostly local news at first, but it just grew and grew. I think we were in the Washington Post, Good Morning America, uh, the Boston Globe. And I think that's how we found most of our volunteers. Yeah. What do your parents think of what you're doing? They think it's great. Um, they think it's wonderful that we're working together as sisters, as a family thing. And they think that, you know, they always raised us to have a lot of respect for our elders. So kind of seeing that we're able to do this and make such an impact makes them really happy. Well, something you might find interesting, we had a new idea for our organization. Mm -hmm. And that was to videotape the stories of our elders. Yeah. And then to post it on a website mm -hmm. so people would know the stories of family members. So That's to give you an example, I lost my sister, and I have 50 questions I'd like to ask her. Mm -hmm. I lost my parents, and I have 100 questions I'd like to ask them. Mm -hmm. But it's too late. So we're trying to encourage people to record the stories of their elders and, right. and, and make a difference. And you're in a great position to do something like that. Mm -hmm. Really, uh, really be a cool idea. Absolutely, yeah. So what other countries do you want to expand to? Oh, gosh. Lately, we've seen a big kind of influx of Indian volunteers who want to get involved. I think the pandemic has been particularly tough on them. I think one day it'd be wonderful to start writing to, to people over there. But we'd also love to just kind of expand within the countries we're in. Yes. One big goal we have is to write to someone in every one of the 50 states of America. What about and Russia? <laughs> I mean, that would be very exciting as well. I mean, it'd be incredible to become a worldwide organization. Definitely. It's really just where our volunteers are asking us to go next. Okay. So 
in terms of Canada, how many provinces are you into? Oh, that's a good question. Mm, I think, let me count. Uh, we're in Alberta, British Columbia, Manitoba, Newfoundland and Labrador, Nova Scotia, Ontario, and Saskatchewan. So seven of the provinces. That's very impressive. So what about the indigenous community? That's a really good question. Uh, we've been trying to find ways to reach Indigenous communities, both in the US and in Canada. Uh, for a while, we wrote to Pounder Hall and Shinnecock Hall, both uh, organizations who serve Native communities. I think we could do more to, to reach them. Um, I think the pressure we have with any nonprofit is uh, the people who can ask for help have the resources to do so. And we need to take time and effort to find the people who really need letters. And that takes effort. Uh, our volunteers right now are working to find places who, who would so appreciate the letters, who don't get the support they need with isolation and loneliness. So if anyone knows of any, any homes or organizations in their areas that serve indigenous populations, please let us know. Uh, I'm, I'm coaching a uh, former First Nation chief out in British Columbia. So I think I'm going to send him some information. That'd be incredible. Thank you. Okay. So... Do you get letters back from these people? So most of the time, it's more of a one-way um, action. So it's kind of like a random act of kindness. So our volunteers will write letters to seniors not expecting to hear back. But occasionally, they'll hear back from a senior maybe just to say thank you or to tell them how the letters have impacted them. And sometimes even to form a pen pal relationship, which is really exciting. What about the, uh, the uh, government? Have they provided any support to what you're doing? A little bit at the beginning. Uh, we worked with the Illinois State Council, actually, to reach some of their isolated um, elder communities. So we write to, I think, almost 700 seniors or the Southern Illinois through their Meals and Wheels programs. Uh, but other than that, it's mostly been ourselves. Well, hold on now. Chicago? Boston. Mm -hmm. How did that happen? Well, we write to seniors all over the place. I think early, early on, I found a list of all the community service directors uh, for every state legislature. I just went down the list and I called them. And I didn't get many calls back, but one was Illinois. Okay. How about communities of faith? Have you gotten to communities of faith at all to get contacts? That's a really tough question. Um, we have gotten church groups and, and community service organizations work with us, but we had to answer this question over the holiday season of like, do we do we encourage um, you know Christmas cards? Um, and we realized that you know we write to so many seniors, we write to about twenty thousand now, and not all of them share the same faith, and we can't easily tell you know, who celebrates Christmas, who celebrates Hanukkah. So we had to ask our volunteers send non-denominational cards say Happy New Year, say Happy Holidays, but Merry Christmas right now might not be the best choice. No, but there are so many communities of faith, you know, whether it's a mosque, a synagogue, a temple, a parish, or a church, and by reaching out to them and saying, are there people in your church, or could you provide a leader for us to work with as volunteers, and they could use your model 
to expand it into those communities of faith. That's a wonderful idea. Mm -hmm. So going forward, are you going to have other volunteers in different states or different provinces? Um, would you mind clarifying the question? Are you asking me if we're going to expand our volunteer community? Yes. Okay. Um, yes, absolutely. So we're always looking to grow our volunteer community. We currently have about 16 and a half thousand volunteers and they come from uh, countries around the world. We have volunteers in all 50 US states and we also have a huge community of Canadian volunteers and then um, more volunteers sprinkled around other countries around the world. Um, yeah, but we're always looking to grow. Terrific. So how, how do you market what you're doing? That's a great question. Um, I think that's becoming more difficult. In the pandemic, everyone understood what it meant to feel isolated because we were all in the same boat. And so we market ourselves as a way to like do some good, help others, reach out um, and prevent isolation. As people kind of go back into the world and things go uh, back to normal, um, we need to find a new way to reach people and remind them, you know how this feels. You know what it's like to be alone and, and to feel a bit left out. Um, remember that and spread that joy and that kindness. Mm -hmm. And so we're doing that in a lot of different ways, both through media outreach and also through our blog post on our website. Safi, you can talk a bit more yeah. about that. So um, every other week I publish something onto the blog of our website, whether that's an interview with a senior that we serve or a spotlight on one of our volunteers. But the, the purpose of the blog is really to showcase the Letters Against Isolation community and so people really love to read the interviews with the seniors we serve and just to see how the letters and cards impact the people who are receiving them. And um, reading those blog posts, people like to share them and say um, to their friends, hey, would you be interested in writing a letter and card? This is how it's impacting people. And it's a great way to get more people involved. What about funding for what you're doing? Yeah. Um, so we've been paying for everything out of pocket so far, but um, as the organization grows, um, you know, that's no longer feasible, which is why we're incorporating into being a nonprofit. Um, so hopefully it'll be done by the end of the summer. And then a lot of the corporate volunteering events, which we've been doing for, for no cost uh, up to this point, maybe we can start getting donations from both volunteers and from corporate partners. Uh, and then we can also keep writing grants and, and funding ourselves that way as well. But we have lots of big plans for the future. Yeah. And uh, Saffron, being a shy one, <laughs> would, would be the one who would be the, the person who would make the presentation. I can see it in her eyes right now. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, we typically either do presentations together or we have a volunteer coordinator. So to clarify what that means, we have a small team of very dedicated volunteers who are helping us run Mothers Against Isolation. So one of them, who's called Alan, goes to a bunch of these um, corporate mm -hmm. events and presents to them. And She's incredible. Yeah. yeah. Okay, you gotta be very careful when you incorporate as a nonprofit because yeah. you could be fired <laughs> by your board of directors. So you gotta gotta watch that. 
and then mm -hmm. I also have to sign a contract. That's very true. Yes. If you're in contract, so it's it's challenging. So the pandemic, pluses and minuses. Yeah, I mean, the big plus for me has just been getting so close to Saffron. Um, you know, I was at college and I went to boarding school, so I didn't live at home for a very long time. And all of a sudden, I was at home in the kitchen with Saffron every single day working on this. And uh, I just feel very grateful for, for our relationship. Who does the cooking? Saffron's better at cooking than I am. Well, I enjoy to bake <laughs> and she enjoys to cook because I'm a more detail-oriented person. So baking is well-suited to my specialities. And I just throw stuff in the pot and hope for the best. <laughs> so right now, the program is with seniors. Yes. Have you considered expanding it to incarcerated? We have. Homeless people. It's a, it's a really great question. And I think at the moment, we see such a need in the senior community that we're, we're still focusing on just that singular problem. Um, maybe potentially in the future, we'll expand into other um, groups of isolated communities. But for now, uh, it's just seniors that we're serving. That's very true. We kind of know what our core competency is. Mm -hmm. That said, this week we have one very, very special project. Um, last week, the Surfside condos collapsed. And we know that many organizations are reaching out for monetary and financial support, but fewer are trying to provide emotional support. So we thought with our incredible volunteers, their creativity, their compassion, maybe some people will really like letters. And already we've sent 250 letters to the to the victims of that, that collapse. Well, Shrai, you'll be interested. One of the programs that I've been involved in is called the Homeless Entrepreneur, mm -hmm. teaching homeless people how to start a business. That's incredible. And we yeah. identified uh, 200 businesses that could be started for under $50. Wow. So it's a, there's a lot of interesting opportunities. And I want to do that same thing for incarcerated people. Yeah. Because both groups, when they come out of what they're involved in, are very, it's very hard for them to get jobs. And this is an option because they have skills, they have knowledge, and they have experience. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I, I met one homeless guy who'd spent 3,000 in tattoos on his body and was, wanted to start a tattoo parlor. Big surprise. So, I mean, I see the opportunity for you to expand into different markets mm -hmm. in terms of what you're doing. Absolutely. Okay. Well, in order to respect your time, and uh, I want to thank you for your time. And how do people reach your organization? Absolutely. So we have a website called lettersagainstisolation.com. So if you go to that website on the internet, you'll find our homepage and there's a bright yellow get involved form right at the top of the page. And then once you fill that form out, you're in our volunteer database and um, you'll get our newsletters, our instructions on how to volunteer, how to operate our sign up, 
platform and um, you'll also be part of this Letters Against Isolation community, which is so much more than just writing to seniors. We have monthly Zoom parties um, and very active Facebook group and many other ways just um, to help you also feel less isolated. And um, if you're interested in running a corporate event, we also have a page for that, mm -hmm. or even a school club event. So we're really um, accommodating to whatever type of volunteering you're interested in. And then if you have any questions, our email address is lettersagainstisolation at gmail.com. Terrific. Thank you very much, ladies. You're going to set the world on fire. <laughs> Thank you very much, Peter, for having us. It was, it was lovely time. to meet you.